he's going to have his, he's have his bisexual awakening. He loves both of them. Time Friday night. <laughs> I'm trying to get the effect of it. Mary's trying to open a beer. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't even. Like, oh, do you get it? I got it. Oh, cheers. Sponsored by Redacted. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. This week on Life of Bye, we, well, this week we've been watching Heartstopper. Yeah, we've been become we've become mildly obsessed with Heartstopper. Thanks it, to a Patreon, actually. Yeah, it was recommended to us by a Patreon. Oh. It was a great shout because we were very excited to learn that there's a bisexual character in it. Yeah. Um, in fact, we were so excited we made a lot of really strange noises. <laughs> said welcome to life of bye no <laughs> okay let's do it properly so welcome to life of bye episode 11 this episode is about bisexual men yeah because we're not <laughs> <laughs> and we thought that was probably a missing ingredient in our coverage of bisexuality so far yeah i think that because we are people of the afab um community <laughs> do we have a community i think we do <laughs> Um, forced community <laughs> we tend to always look at things with a specific lens um, like last week month we spoke about femaleness quite a lot that's how we ended the episode uh-huh um and now i think we should just look at look at it look at everything from another perspective yeah because we we know it's different from like anecdotally i know it's different being a bisexual man a heart stopper actually very as cute as it was is is not the best jumping off point in many ways for discussion because that is basically what it is and it's just cute. So for those who don't know, Heartstopper is on Netflix. It's like a it's based on a um a young adult um graphic novel. Thank you. Um about a sweet boy called Charlie who is out who falls in love with a hot rugby boy who is not out and supposedly not gay, but obviously he is a bit gay. Because <laughs> that's where the that's where the story goes. And um I must admit I thought that bisexuality, after being recommended it as a series, I thought bisexuality might might play a bit more of a role. Yeah, I think I actually got a bit of a, yeah. It didn't get as much much of a look in. And it's very innocent and a lot of the problems are fairly easily resolved. We found ourselves wondering, what's it really like being a bi man?
we um, any excuse to download dating out to be honest. <laughs> we downloaded Grinder, which is um, aesthetically like trying quite hard to be. Um, it looks a lot like Pornhub. It looks a lot like Pornhub, um, a black and yellow aesthetic, which like a wasp. Yeah, it's a bit scary. And the um, there was lots about it we were surprised by, like the grid of like the grid of pictures, like on Instagram, mm. and the fact that you can only see. You can then do this, the swipey swipey thing, but the first thing you see is like a little grid of people to choose from. Mm. And obviously it's down distance. And some of the stuff is quite helpful because it means it was quite easy to filter people down into bisexual people. Yeah. Um, and through that process, we sent out some messages. <laughs> um we also got a lot of dick pics. We got a lot of dick pics. We actually got quite good at deleting them before we even looked at them. Yeah, if it I was mean, like, you know, anonymous man <laughs> has sent 12 pictures, you're like, no. I'm not going to risk that. <laughs> I just don't want to see it. I felt bad because we downloaded it on Mary's phone and um, Mary works at a school. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you've got to be pretty careful about what yeah, you're opening. Yeah, I was getting notifications from Grindr being like, that can't be seen. <laughs> that can't be seen. Um, anyway, we did actually find two people to talk to. We're calling them Octavian and Dee. Now, neither of these are their real names. And actually, Dee's parts are going to be spoken by an actor. Here's Octavian. Oh, my God. So, before November, I used to identify as straight, to be fair. So, I came out like as bisexual in November. But, uh, yeah, there were reactions from people saying that oh, you're either confused, oh, I need to do something like, so I can turn you totally gay, or you have not met the right person in your life yet. So Octavian is in his 20s, and he's pretty new to the London queer scene, and he doesn't seem fully on board with it. No, no, he came, he's come across some um, pretty retentive and emotionally uncooperative Londoners, I think, <laughs> um, which is definitely not Octavian's vibe. When I date someone, I like being truth, like to myself and just I say what are my red flags so for example don't lie to me I want to be straightforward to you like and just because I feel like if you start like with hidden truths and stuff it's going to come out and roll out at some moment and things are not going to be fine so your current um your current relationship is it um I'm assuming it's not monogamous if you're on grinder. do you see other people still so I'm a little bit ashamed of that because we were, we said from the first time to be exclusive. But normally, I'm a person who's 96% of the time horny. Grinder, for those who never used it, is very well set up for people like Octavian who might be shopping around while in relationships that <laughs> were previously arranged to be exclusive. Um, but it's got lots of privacy settings so that you can work around that. So, for example, um, you can change the icon on your phone so the app doesn't look like the app. Yeah, although I question the, n the necessariness of that because I'm like, if your girlfriend, if that's what it is, they're not going to know what the grinder icon looks like, right? <laughs> yeah. Although I will say they it might. is pretty marked. It's that sort of mask shape. It does look a bit kinky, mm. I'd say. And they do, so they do, like Mary said, cater for people who um, want to be on the down low. Um, shout out to an episode in season one that you can revisit for more info on that. Episode three. Um, and there's even a tribe for people who don't want anyone to know that they're on Grinder. Oh, there we go. Discreet. That basically means we're probably all cheating and I don't want to get caught. This is Dee. 
or Dee's words, they're a fair bit older than Octavian. They talked us through some of the tribes on Grindr. So they're groups where you can identify your type to people. It's a bit like those coloured handkerchiefs that the gay community used to use to identify like what you're into, like yellow for piss, you know? Right pocket, left pocket? Yeah. If you don't know what I'm talking about, definitely Google it. I think I put myself down as otter, which is really more a physicality type. Um, if you go to, like, leathers or bears, these tend to be the gay men. And they are gay. And they're not down the line. But if you go for the discreet one, they tend to be married men to women. And they are bi. And they are fulfilling a need. So we'll hear more from Dee later on how they navigate being discreet on Grindr and in the real world. But first, we wanted to know how gay men on the app react to them being bi. There's equally as many gay men who will just go, bi is just a halfway thing, just be yourself. The gay community still carries the baggage of shame. And if you don't say you're gay, if you show an interest in women still, it looks like you're in a closet that there's still shame and shame is really deep i think it just often does feel a little bit like um people people think that you've only got like one foot in that world that's matthew we didn't actually find him on grinder he's a friend of ours but i've literally had people say like you know you're just it's it's just that you're not comfortable with like defining as gay and i'm like guys i still like will suck a dick like i'm like what difference does it make <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you yeah know? it's what, like, it's, if I was really that ashamed, I wouldn't be so open about, like, my life and my experiences and the people that I date and, the, you know, the people I've been with, the guys that, I've, you know, the guys that I've had sex with. I don't know. I think part of it might be because, like, I guess the whole thing about being queer is, like, rejecting kind of, like, heteronormativity and the, those constructs and everything. And I think sometimes it can feel like anything which, like, alludes to it even can feel like a bit, like, like it jars almost. Relevant cultural moment of the week. <laughs> Month, Elle. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm trying to bring it in. Elle's insisting, yeah. I think you love you love a sting, don't you? I love it. You, don't, you clearly, clearly don't feel like you feature enough in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you, want, you want some more singing opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Um, this next bit, we're going to be talking about, um, well, relevant cultural moments <laughs> of the week about bisexuality because we were thinking about bisexual men and how they're presented in the media and in art and so we've got we've already given you heartstopper which is delightful but not much juice in it now we're bringing to you some cold hard west end gold which Mm. we couldn't afford to see um cock which is mike bartlett play starring jonathan bailey that dude from Bridgerton. Bridgerton. And I actually don't know the other two. Well, um, Taryn Edgerton was meant to be in it, but he dropped out last minute. And some people are saying that the tickets are so expensive because they did have a, you know, a cast of stars. £400, some of them were. Yeah. Supposedly dynamic seating, but I just think that's outrageous. It's I'm sorry, outrageous. but if a bisexual can't afford to see a play about bisexuality, then you fucked it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I read it for this. Yeah. And I didn't. It's not a bad play. Mike Bartlett is like a very good playwright. Will you explain to the listener what it's what about? What it is. Uh, Cock follows a central main character um, who we keep talking about as bi, but that really isn't clarified at all. 
he's a guy in a gay relationship. He's been in a gay relationship for a long time. It's not a particularly healthy gay relationship. I would say it's actually pretty toxic. Mm. And they break up at the beginning of the play. And then um, John goes off and meets... He meets this woman that he sees on the way to work. And they start um, having an affair. And then for some reason... They all have dinner together to decide what John's going to do, and, and <laughs> such an unhinged way to like sort yeah, anything I out. I really can't remember how that is actually organised because that's one of those mental uh, plot jumps in order to bring everyone together in a dramatic way. The other thing is the dad arrives halfway through. What dad? The partner's dad, not John, but John's partner's dad arrives. <sighs> John's presenter's got like he's a uh, indecisive, not sure who he is man and um he's never uh, he's he came out as gay in uni and he's never like even thought about women or wanted Mm. to be with them since and then and then he discovers that he really likes it it's it's meant to be a comedy did you laugh uh there are bits that are funny i think it's slightly harder reading plays to find them funny fair um luckily we're about to read some out loud. Oh, yeah. We thought, given that the, the tickets are so extortionate <laughs> and that many of our listeners probably don't have £400 to spare, we would... If you um, do, donate to our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> that we'd recreate um, a couple of scenes from the play. <laughs> because so, we're actors, normally. <laughs> this is our little chance. Elle's had her sing. Now we're going to do a little bit of acting. <laughs> Later, there'll be a dance. Make sure you have to see. Um, yeah. Anyway, here is Cock, brought to you by Life of Bi. <laughs> what character are you going to play? <coughs> I think I'm in love and I need help because she's mad. Bang! There it is! Love? Mad? She? You can see why I'm confused. You want help? I just need some straightening out. Well, sounds like you've already. Not a joke, that wasn't a joke. I just mean, I need to know what's going on because this woman, this woman is... You want your boyfriend's help with the woman you're sleeping because with? Because really, you're the only person. I suppose I like... Both, but that's okay, isn't it? That's okay. That's okay, John. Yes, it's absolutely okay to like both. Yes, exactly. But not at the same time. Bravo! Do it all again! So what do we think, Els, from your small bit of the Um, play there? What do we think about the representation of bisexuality? I'd say... Well, no, I did just ask you the question. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah, you go ahead. <laughs> no, you take the floor. Well, I'd say um, straight away we've got John saying, you can see why I'm confused. Yeah. Um, I need some straightening out. Sounds like you've already. Um, so, Although, to be fair, Heartstopper, for which we've just sung the praises, the bisexual yeah. character says many times how confused he is. I, and, yeah, you know what? Do you know what I mean? Like, it is pretty confusing. And you know what? <laughs> if it wasn't confusing, we wouldn't be doing a podcast about it, would we? Yeah. Um, if it wasn't confusing, it wouldn't be queer. Um, it's quite hard for me to say anything particularly insightful. Yeah, um, <laughs> without having read it. <laughs> without having read the play. <laughs> Where's your bullshit button? <laughs> um, I lost it years ago. Um, I'd say, from the sort of setup. firstly, the end of this, obviously, mm-hmm. spoiler alert. Oh, yes, what play. happens? What happens? Well, they all have this dinner. It's obviously a catastrophe. And then... It really looks like John's going to go with a woman because he's basically saying that he feels a lot happier with the woman and that the sex is better and that wow. he doesn't feel like his current partner makes him feel small. But then when it actually comes to it, he doesn't decide to leave with her. He stays very unhappily with the gay oh, guy because so he's sad. like incapable of changing 
mm. or he doesn't know what well, he is enough or he's just never had enough of a backbone to like make his decision like that um how does it relate to our conception of bisexual men though well i think that speaks to what our interviewees were saying about how how gay men view bisexuality definitely sometimes um like he's super the the partner the gay partner is really they're like glimpses of misogyny and he's like feels like yeah he's really condescending about it it's also like a comedic farcical crisis mm. so i think it it does definitely send up john you feel kind of sorry for him but also mainly it just sends up the sort of ludicrousness of people everyone trying to like work around sexuality why is his name john because he's an every man there aren't enough characters called john a crucial information actually this play was not written recently or it was written recently ish but it's uh it was 2009 and so it what might have been revolutionary at the time yeah about like sexual fluidity um sounds a bit outdated done I'd which say. begs the question why they're reviving it now so i guess we should look at an example that is firstly more recent and then also maybe takes a different angle it's also no wonder she was angry she found out you were gay after you stuck your dick in her and shot the load up i don't know i think i would be at least a little bit like surprised i feel, I feel terrible about it but she kind of forced me so yeah well you kind of had penetrative sex with someone under false pretenses qualms that's a bit i don't know that was a clip from i may destroy you by michaela cole um which i also haven't seen (laughs) (laughs) because frankly i'm scared to i tried watching the first two episodes by myself and i found it extremely triggering yeah um so really this episode is just me being told about um cultural moments by mary Um, but I have I have now read about this specific extract. You just shouldn't have told him. Yeah, you know, T, I agree, because that'd be like telling the truth, and it's much better to just hide that under the surface and never acknowledge that you are hiding something from a woman who's let you into her bedroom. So the scene you just heard there is from um, episode nine of I May Destroy You, and it's a scene between um, Arabella, Kwame and Tia, who are at a sort of Halloween painting workshop, um, Arabella is the character played by Michaela Cole and uh, Kwame who's the gay character the gay male character is played by Papa Esiedu and the thing they're discussing is that in a previous episode you see Kwame go on a date with um, a white woman who and they like hook up at her place um, have some sex harder He's already had, he's had like, he was assaulted a couple of episodes before. He has a slight flashback while they're having sex. She's the first woman he's ever had sex with. Um, There's a lot going on. And then afterwards, after they've shagged, um, she sort of shows herself to be pretty blatantly fetishising his blackness. Plays this rap song, raps along to it, and then... Has her own like code name for the N word. Plenty of ninjas claim they're with us, what they know they call what, what do you say? Ninja. Yeah, yeah. Ninja, it's my substitute. And then, um, is like horribly homophobic. But everyone's terrified to speak. I can't even ask for a fucking 
fag in public without being paranoid some fucking gay guy's gonna have a seizure. How much sympathy do I actually really have with like major appropriators of female identity? I just, I don't know. And then he says, I'm gay to her. I'm gay. As a sort of <laughs> counter to her homophobia. You're joking, right? <laughs> no. You're gay. <laughs> Okay. And then she like basically chucks him out and says that he's. Well, if you're gay, why are you on a dating app looking for? <sighs> why would you not say that you were gay? Because we we said a lot, <laughs> like a lot, and you just sort of kept that bit back. Yeah, right? but I, I was I wasn't even sure. Yeah, can we you gonna... leave? She completely flips out. Yeah, it's an awful scene. It's like absolutely gross. Her argument is like, how could you not tell me that before we slept together? But it's a really interesting. It's a really interesting example of what we've been of what we've heard anecdotally from some of the bisexual men we've been talking to about uh, how straight women react to bisexual men and like how they can feel threatened or disgusted or something by that man's bisexuality. Mary and I had a little bit of a disagreement about whether if you're experimenting with bi-curiosity and sleeping with people of different genders, whether you need to disclose that to the people you're sleeping with. Mm -hmm. Is it purposefully with him? Yeah. Yeah. If you're fully gay and you've never slept with a woman before, that's purposely withheld information, I'd say. And not for for bad reason. Not for bad reason. Yeah, you're going on like a dating app. I would say he doesn't owe her to disclose that. But then this is... is interesting because I just don't know I don't know if it's I just I'm there's like a slight problem for me there's a slight kink isn't there in being like rolling over someone's boundaries because they are based on phobia are you not allowed are people that just because someone doesn't agree with our way of seeing the world they're not allowed to feel uncomfortable about something what this situation is offering you is hypocrisy because, like, she just meets him as a person, is sexually attracted to him, has sex with him, and nothing materially changes. You know, if you're, if you're going to be worried about people, past people that anyone has slept with, then you should be asking any partner you sleep with what their sexual history is. In this situation, you could just as easily say that he was violated by sleeping with someone he didn't know was incredibly homophobic. <laughs> yeah. I've always counted that, is that he was comfortable with her fetishization of him. Like, I'm on this, I'm like, I completely understand why you would consider sexuality in a situation like that if it means that you're not going to connect with someone. But there is something complicated there, which is then how offended can you be if when you do tell them you discover like that the fact that you withheld that information is a problem for them because you withheld it knowing that it might be a problem i don't think like, until, i don't think like but like because i think i don't know if you were uh, to take this into like the hypothetical if you were a person who was exploring by curiosity thought they might be bisexual if you're a woman you're sleeping with a woman for the first time would you say to them oh, by the way, I actually have only slept with men before. I probably would. And I think, I don't think you have to announce it on your account. Yeah. Because, but I do think, 
before things happen, someone normally says, when it's linked to any kind of first time. I do think it's normally said. I I think that that might be more common in like a queer space, but I definitely know people who haven't said that it's been their virginities that they're losing. Because it's like out of, maybe not embarrassment, but... um, There's another thing which is like, there's a real benefit to disclosure on everyone's part about like things yeah. like that. And so, I agree. Yeah. I agree that there's a benefit to disclosure. I just still don't think that it's someone's duty to disclose. If you're meeting, if you're having like safe sex and you're meeting for a night. It's just really thorny. It's just really thorny. And I guess the point of this show is so that you have conversations like that. I It's also just very... It's a really hard thing for me to empathise with the homophobia from the woman. I, like, really don't, like... I struggle to understand where that comes from in her. I just don't... Mm-hmm. I mean, like, as a bisexual, I'm, like... Bisexuality is fucking hot, and I would fancy someone, a guy more, if they were queer mm-hmm. and had sex with men. Do you know what I mean? Mm, absolutely. So what's interesting there is that we have two pretty famous pieces of art, Mm -hmm. one of which, Cock, looks at John's bisexuality from a gay male perspective and sees it as horrific Mm -hmm. and deceptive. Yeah, because the woman's pretty chill with it. I mean, completely chill with it. And then we have I May Destroy You, where Kwame's bisexuality or bi-curiosity is seen as disgusting and abhorrent by a female. Yeah. And I think that is that is pretty specific, I would say, to bisexual men. I don't think, as a bisexual woman, I have experienced that or heard mm. of anyone experiencing that. No. Because, as we've talked about before, like bisexual women are more likely to be fetishised, so the fact that you sleep with women is just... Yeah. Lazily, it's just like considered to be quite hot, isn't it? Yeah, like I would, I would never hesitate to tell a man I'm on a date with that I'm bisexual. But then I also think that is partly because men just don't see women as a threat. Yeah, and the in these circumstances where women react like that, straight women react like that to bisexual men, I'm like, it's not the gender that you're seeing as a threat. It's like your own femininity that's at stake. Mm-hmm. Like it is a sort of. Um, I would say it's an example of toxic femininity, a classic one, I'd say, which because it's basically about, like, the kind of femininity that polices other people to stay within those bounds mm-hmm. and the kind of femininity that, like, has to has to be opposite masculinity in order to work. And so also in some ways builds up masculinity. She feels threatened by any possibility that she could be attractive to someone who also fancies men because yeah. that like wobbles her whole sense of who she is and what she presents herself as yeah absolutely the question being what's what's wrong with you that a bisexual man would want to be with you yeah and what does that say about your inadequacy as a woman and also why would you find a man like that attractive that's a heightened depiction of that situation for a tv show but what how does it happen in the real world What's it actually like being a bisexual man dating women? Here's Matthew again. Well, to be honest, most of my dating experience 
has been with men. Matthew is more romantically interested in men, but is sexually interested in women. He admits that he definitely seeks out men more. Partly, I mean mainly, because that's his leaning, but partly because that's what's more available to him. I almost feel like, are my photos, like, potentially too, like, queer-facing? Are they too, like, Mm. feminine? Are they too this? Are they too that? Because I often get, like, only male matches. Mm. Right. So I actually, so I think even the times I've kind of tried to be a bit more, like, um, flexible romantically, or it's just kind of, like, not really worked. Or then I've, like, tried to be, like, okay, how can I, like, look more straight because I think that in, in itself is the thing that, um, I don't know, I think there is a big stigma around bisexual men amongst, I think, s- straight women, in my experience. We asked Matthew if he has personal experience of um, a woman's homophobia in his dating life. And luckily he hasn't, but he sees it happen around him all the time. I mean, in terms of like friends of mine even who've, like found out that their partners are bi or or I think it's it's often like it sometimes feels like it's a complete deal breaker I think some people see you um, being bisexual like or having sex with a man or being fucked by a man being um a less masculine uh role which obviously like I mean it's, it doesn't really it doesn't make much sense and it's not just Matthew experiencing this here's D again we ask them, do you tell the women you're dating that you sleep with men? Yes, I tend to, always do, but the reactions then determine what I do. Some people will be like, that's disgusting. How can I trust you to be clean if, you know, if you're, if you're sleeping with men? Or how do you know if they're clean or so forth? So what do you do if that conversation doesn't go well? Early in my life, I would have incorporated the feedback and seen whether I wanted to make the relationship work on some defined set of parameters. And I would say, okay, so in this relationship, I'm going to be straight. But that doesn't work, because over time, you're repressing some part of yourself and some part of who you are, and you can't change that. All you are is now just less of yourself. And over time, that feels very restricting, And all it leads to is affairs. Now, in later life, I will say that actually I just do affairs. I don't tell the women. I have the conversation. I see the reaction. But then I will just behave as I am regardless. Monogamy is the most socially accepted. And weirdly, society also accepts the thorns. You know, humanity accepts affairs. Everyone has an affair. It's almost a tolerated part. And what I learned from my experience was it's very hard having a conversation. It's very hard being accepted. It's very hard going through the navigation of trying to make a different relationship, a more progressive relationship style work. But it's very easy to just play by the monogamy rulebook of what is accepted, including the affairs. Hey there, you. You, you who's listening. (laughs) 
Live of Buy is an independent podcast. We're not paid by advertisers, and that means that we have the freedom to make episodes about the stuff that really interests us, with no one telling us what to do. We do all the research, the writing, recording, and editing by ourselves, and then our fantastic sound designer, Tom Foskett Barnes, adds the effects of music and generally makes it sound professional. And that's it. It's just us. So, if you are enjoying this podcast, and we hope you are, and if you'd see us in person and think, ooh, I'd like to buy them a pint or a coffee, then please consider paying us for the work that we do by becoming a patron. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash life of buy. Thank, Thank you. you. So this week, while you were looking into lots of fun plays and TV episodes... You were doing the dirty work. <laughs> I was doing some, some might say, pretty boring stuff. <laughs> um, but I found it really fascinating. Um, I was trying to find um, a study that looked into bisexual men um, and their relationships. I found a book by... Um, a professor called Dr. Maria Pilotta Ciroli. She's a senior lecturer in social diversity at um, a university in Australia. And she is the co-author of the book, Women in Relationships with Bisexual Men. Love the clarity of that. Yes. Title. I literally was like searching, searching, searching. And then I saw this book title and I was like, yeah. Yeah, wow. So it's a study on women ranging from the ages of 19 to 65 who have been in relationships with bisexual men. And she you know what the sequel to this book is? <laughs> um, <laughs> Men, Men in Relationships with Bisexual Women. women. <laughs> <laughs> and the third book, Non-Binary People in Relationships with Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so in the book, Dr. Pilotta Ciroli outlines three common strategies by which people navigate life as a bisexual. So the first one is a strategy of passing quote, getting the glass slipper to fit through normalisation, e.g. silence, erasure, absence, mimicry and assimilation. Wow. The second is strategies of bordering through negotiation, balancing, weaving, manoeuvring between the various worlds and the communities they inhabit. Um, the third is strategies of polluting. Oh. Yeah. Being the stranger, the undecidable, through non-compliance, personal agency, resistance and politicisation by letting people know about their bisexual partners. Um, wow, I can't believe that one's title is polluting. Well, she does, she does note here, it must be stated here that polluting is used as a positive term of strength, agency and empowerment, rather than implying negative, insidious, harmful or underhanded machinations. I would have just chosen different words. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, polluting. What would be Sounds a better? Awful. What would be a better alternative? I don't know. Leaping. Leaping is nice. Fronting. Exploding. Yeah. Just not polluting, I'd say. Con confetti cannoning. <laughs> yeah. Now I found this really interesting to read after the interviews we did because I couldn't help um, matching up some of the situations that she interviews people in. Um, with some of the people we interviewed. Yeah. And her aim was to get a huge spectrum of, like, experiences of relationship. Now, she identifies two ways that bisexual people will reveal themselves in relationships. The first one is starting out knowing. 
So okay. from the very beginning, you are out to your partner. And she posits that this creates the least distress. Um, but it's also the most uncommon. So people are less likely to be honest about their sexuality. When's this book written? It was written in 2016. Okay. Yeah, so not too not that long day. ago. Yeah. Um, so she says it's the least common way to navigate. <laughs> Someone's had a beer. Navigate. So um, another study done in 2009 by some people called Piercy and Olson found that approximately 11% of heterosexual women in their study knew of their partner's gay or bisexual tendencies prior to the marriage or partnership. So 11% is obviously a, a, a pretty low number. And then this is, when I read this statistic, I gasped, um, which is out of those 11% in the same study, the 11% who were honest from the beginning of their relationship, they found that despite early disclosure and initial acceptance, 46% of the married respondents had divorced, <gasps> 17% had remained married, and 12% were legally separated. <laughs> Yikes. Fuck. Now, Pilota Ciroli does outline some reasons for okay, this. Yeah. She notes that sometimes the initial disclosure is not explicit enough about the future. She speaks to women who thought, oh, they're telling me a thing about their past, which will not affect our future relationship. So to quote... Pilotta Ciroli, this means there had been two times of disclosure, one at the beginning of the relationship, which had been discounted or rationalised away, and one later in the relationship when the partner discloses his ongoing secret intimacies with men. Often it felt as if the disclosure had occurred for the first time, replete with deception and hurt. Mm. Um, and I think this might speak to D our anonymous interviewee um because they they said that they did disclose their bisexuality at the beginning of at a relationship yeah. and then then just carried on having affairs regardless if the reaction is negative yeah yeah um just learned that it's not really worth it i wonder like how much of that is it's super depressing that it's discounted that first confession as if like it's just going to go away. Yeah. I think it, it, it speaks to like a socially wide misunderstanding of bisexuality mm. as something that like goes in phases. Yeah, that this is my... Because I'm with this person, this is their straight phase. But then or, I also think it speaks to general fear about talking about another way of relating to each other. Mm. Like, I think this has also been changed a lot since 2016, actually. Um, conversations around like openness or, or more open versions of relationships or yeah. polyamory really that if you're imagining a future with those people really that's the conversation you're having like it's sexuality followed hot on the heels by how can our relationship mm. allow for this and i think often these early disclosures um presume that the person being told this information will make a split decision like a split second decision um and that there needs to not be any processing time. Whereas I know in your experience, you know, I don't know whether you're comfortable to speak yeah. about 
how you opened your relationship very slowly. It wasn't like straight away Eros was like, yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah. Um, these things take time. And so the initial discussion isn't necessarily the be all and end all. Well, that's what I found interesting talking to Dee is because I thought, well, I understand where it comes from because like who wants to experience any level of disgust from yeah. someone that you're sleeping with yeah or biphobia or whatever and particularly if you're accustomed to being shamed for your gender or your sexuality or whatever it is you really have got you've really got no time to hear more of it so mm. i can understand why if the first reaction you get is not mm. positive why you would not seek to have that conversation again yeah it's very painful but certainly in in my experience the conversation can change over time mm. and as you get like more stable than something there is more space to talk about and more open setup. Absolutely. And so I did kind of think listening to Dia, I was like, well, you almost don't give these people a chance. It just as it's unfair to judge you on that first conversation, it is in some ways unfair to judge them because they mm. may never have considered the uh, like their partner to be bisexual before. They may never have considered openness. Do you know what I mean? Uh huh. And so everyone has to be given time to work out how they the feel. Ideas. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Now, the second way that bisexual people might reveal their sexuality, um, if not at the beginning of a relationship, um, she calls it changing course midstream <laughs> <laughs> from from closet to confrontation. Sounds like a really confused salmon. <laughs> <laughs> and in many ways, that's how I feel. <laughs> Flipping around, trying to make my way upstream. Oh. Um, I actually am fine. Um, yes, from closet to confrontation. And she says, discovery is much more difficult than disclosure. Um, to so, do or to receive? Uh, for both. Right. Both um, are more difficult. Long run. She outlines um, some ways that disclosures and discoveries might occur. And actually they're put in order of least stressful to most stressful. <laughs> Shall I tell you them? Yeah, please. <laughs> the first is, he voluntarily tells. Yeah. Second, he tells when pressured by his female partner's questions. Three, the female partner discovers incriminating evidence like a love note or gay pornography, confronts him, and then he reveals his same-sex desires or activities. Yeah. Four, he tells when forced to because of an arrest... Job dismissal or STI. Arrest. Well, this this study was done in 1989 right. by Gotros. <laughs> Five. The female partner is told by another person, sometimes the male partner's lover, uh, and then he quote voluntarily tells her. Right. Six. The female partner is told in the presence of another person, usually a professional, after years of denying it, or she receives confirmation of her suspicions, but he never admits anything. And seven. The most stressful is. The female partner discovers him in a homosexual act. And she has these interviews with women who that has happened to them. Um, but, you know, there's shame on all sides there because there's the shame of keeping it a secret because of the stigma that bisexual people have to live with. And there's also the shame of being cheated on. Yeah. Um, so it's really lose-lose. Do you think the fear from women is uh, has also got like a bi-erasure element, which is like you discover your or somehow you find out that your husband's been sleeping with men and 
your response is not he's bi. Your response is he's a closeted gay. Yeah. And I've only ever been a cover. And yeah. he doesn't love me. It's a cultural responsibility, as in the fact that so many bisexual men feel that this is something they have to do mm. is not an individual fault. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It is a situation created by attitudes towards it. And I, I think yeah. I think um, there's a part of me which thinks, well, look, if you don't want your partner to lie to you, then you have to be open-minded. Mm. And you have to be really careful about how you respond the first time you hear something. Because, yeah. like, sure, you might not be expecting it, but we have to be ready to tackle our own prejudice. Otherwise, you're in danger of making someone feel like they can never bring it up again. And, like, I would say that's both person's fault then. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to not feel a bit... Uh, angry at the women that don't accept bisexuality but then like all of these relationships are different and, and presumably some of these women react by being like you know why didn't you tell me it's not like i'm gonna have a problem mm. with it yeah the issue now is that you've cheated on me yeah and now i'm now i feel confused and angry but like had you yeah. brought it up before absolutely yeah but it does feel incredibly prevalent this this pattern that we're talking about of mm. straight women having prejudices against sleeping with bisexual men mm. does feel like really far reaching and I've heard I've heard about it before anecdotally. Yeah. And I do think there's something to be said for like there's mm. got to be some responsibility taken by the women in these situations. If you really want honesty, you have to be able to hear it. Amen. Oh Billy Brown had lived an ordinary life. Two kids, a dog and then the cautionary wife. While it was all going accordingly to plan Then Billy Brown fell in love with another man He met his lover almost every single day Making excuses for his dodgy holiday On some religion that he said he'd newly found They didn't know that his faith was earthly bound
Thanks for tuning in to Life of Bye. We'll be back next month. In the meantime, Life of Bye was made, hosted and edited by us, Elle Potter and Mary Higgins. Music, sound design and production by Tom Foskett Barnes. Thanks also to our interviewees, Matthew, Dee and Octavian. And finally, shout out to our eight new patrons. They are Emily, Eric, Ram, Olaf, Eridan, Kimberly, Marissa and Spencer. We literally could not be more grateful. And if you want to join the cult, you can support us at patreon.com forward slash life of bye. Love, Love you, bye. bye. I just want to say... And it ain't over till the bisexuals... <laughs>